I was thinking about racism and what we call racism in our country or around the world. And the idea of racism is anything but biblical. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 26, the Bible says, And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Notice Genesis chapter 2, 1 does not tell us that God created a black man, a white man, an Asian man, a Latino man, or anything else. God created man. And the reality is this. Regardless of the color of your skin or where you're from, all of our family trees go back to Adam and Eve. They all connect at the beginning. If you read or study anything regarding creationism and that worldview, you will find over and over again that there is only one race. That is the human race. And what you find is you find within that human race multiple cultures. And those cultures make up the human race. Here's the problem. Our racism is a creation from evolution and humanism. That's what it is. That's how wicked it is. It is completely anti-God and anti-Bible. And the longer our kids go through a school system that is pounding into their brains evolution, that you came from an animal and you came from an animal, well, you've just evolved greater than somebody else. And really, that's what or racism is. I've evolved greater than you have. We may not put it in those terms, but that's what it is. What's really interesting is if you go back and you look at Nazi Germany, not uh, Hitler in his mind comp, for however you say it, he linked the black man and the Jew. He linked them. That was Nazi. Those were Nazis. It wasn't just Jews. It was anybody that was not Aryan. It was anybody else. And racism is a wicked and horrible thing. It is a sinful thing. And it really has no place in our lives as Christians. But really, it, it is nothing more than humanism and evolutionism that is creating those mindsets in people. And it does. It, the lack of logic, the emotionalism. There's no logic. There's no reason. It's pure emotionalism and reactionism, or it's reactionary. And it drives me absolutely crazy. I cannot stand it. I grew up in a home, man, that my parents, my parents grew up in, in homes where their families might be considered a little racist, and man, my mom and dad could not stand that. It made them sick. Man, I remember a couple times as a kid, something coming up or being said or something, and my dad was like, I better never hear that come out of your mouth. You better never, I mean, my dad could not stand that kind of thing. And it shouldn't have really any part of our lives. I mean, it's just pure evil. But anyway, Philemon. That's my little quick soapbox rant. I have 18 minutes. Philemon. Really, I had to waste time because I don't really know what I'm preaching out of Philemon tonight. 
to be totally honest with you, I have like four billion thoughts running through my head. Um, I have outlined these four verses numerous times, and every time the outline's been different. And I, different principles are running into my, I laid down this afternoon to take a nap, and I got up, I said, I can't, I can't, I can't stop thinking. I mean, my brain was in a just flat out sprint all day. And so we're just going to kind of talk through these verses, and uh, hopefully this will be an encouragement, maybe a challenge to you. And uh, so Philemon, verses 4 through 7, in verses 1 through 3, we saw Paul's epitaph of teamwork. And Paul introduced us to a number of people that are, excuse me, they're at the church in Colossae, they're with Philemon. And so we saw that epitaph of teamwork, the people that he worked with. Tonight, I want you to see Paul's expression of thankfulness. Paul's expression of thankfulness. Thankfulness is a very important part of our lives. Gratitude. Being thankful is a very important part of our lives. It's very important that we teach our kids to be thankful. It's important that as husbands we tell our wives, thank you. It's important as wives that you tell your husbands, thank you. We should be a thankful people. I do not always succeed in this area. Honestly, I can kind of become a very one-track, focused, get that done. And I just, things just kind of blur past me as I'm getting those things done. And I lose sight of the people around me. I can lose sight of what's going on. I lose sight of somebody's help. I lose sight of what people are doing. It's just, man, I have to get this done. And sometimes I don't say thank you. And I forget to say thank you. Sometimes I think it, but I don't always express it. I don't always put it out there. But here, in verses 4 through 7, Paul is thankful for these Christians. Bob Jones Sr. made this statement, when gratitude dies on the altar of a man's heart, that man is well nigh hopeless. Hopeless. Gratitude should be a big part of our lives. Gratitude, being thankful, should be a priority in our lives. In verse 4, notice what Paul says. Paul says, I thank my God, making mention of thee always in my prayers. Now, many attribute this to just to, to Philemon, which I, I understand that. In verse 1, he addresses Philemon. The name of the book is Philemon. He is saying, Philemon, I thank my God. I make mention of you always in my prayers. But I also think that this could be to the church because in verse 2, he addresses the church. He makes specific mention to this church that is in Philemon's home. So I think it's possible that he is also saying, I am thankful for you as a church. I'm thankful for all of you. Yes, Philemon, I am specifically thankful for you. But if you decide to read this letter to everybody, I am thankful for your church. You are a special people. You are a special place. And I'm thankful for you. So Paul makes a point to say, I thank my God, making mention of thee always in my prayers, hearing of thy love and faith, which thou hast toward the Lord Jesus and toward all saints, that the communication of thy faith may become effectual by the not acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. For we have great joy and consolation in thy love, because the bowels of the saints are refreshed by thee, brother." And there possibly that, that single use of the word brother, another possibility of him just addressing Philemon as well. But anyway, tonight I want to talk to you about being thankful. I want to look at what Paul was thankful for. I want to look at how Paul was thankful. And I just, 
Maybe one reason I can't get my thoughts together on this is because, honestly, I need to be a more thankful person. I would encourage you, uh, Bob Jones Sr. actually has a sermon. It's on YouTube. It's called Gratitude. It's about 16 minutes long. And I'll tell you, it is powerful. It's only 16 minutes, and it is packed with good stuff. He preaches out of Psalm 103. I, I, I would challenge you to read that at some point. But in Psalm 103, there David says, let all that is within me bless the Lord. And pretty much David goes through the whole chapter and he says, God, thank you. And he just thanks God for thing after thing after thing after thing after thing after thing. Here's what Bob Jones said, but uh, Bob Jones Sr. said, David said, let all that is within me bless the Lord. And Bob Jones Sr. said this, some people aren't thankful for much because they're not made of much. He said, the more thankful you are, the greater the capacity you will have for life. The more thankful you are, the greater capacity you will have for life. In essence, he was saying unthankful people are selfish and shallow. That's what they are. That's what they are. So let's look at what Paul says here. Paul says, I thank my God. The first thing I want to think about is this. Paul made a choice. He says, I thank. Being thankful is a choice. It's a choice. Um, it, it's not a, about a feeling. It's not about a feeling like I'm feeling right now. It's not about everything working out the way you wanted it to. It's not about everything being how you want it to be. Being thankful is, I'm going to go to this mic, sorry. This thing's like headbutting me. Being thankful is a choice. Even when dinner is burned, being thankful. Even when the biscuits are hockey pucks, being thankful. And that doesn't happen. Actually, the hockey puck thing's a story from my mother-in-law. But anyway, and, her, and I think it was cornbread. But anyway, um, anyway, I'll let my father-in-law tell you that next time he's here. But um, listen, things don't always go perfectly, and things don't always work out. And you know what? You might be mad at your wife, or you might be mad at your husband, or whoever it is, and then they do something, and you don't want to say thank you. Just digging that knife into your back, right? No, suck it up and say thank you. We have so much to be thankful for. And the reality is, is we don't always feel like saying I'm thankful, or thank you. So we have to make ourselves do it, and that's okay. Don't fall into this lie of, well, I don't feel like saying thank you, so if I do, I'll just be a hypocrite. That's, that's stupid. That's dumb. I had a teenager tell me one time, well, I just don't feel like doing right, so I don't do right, because that way I'm not a hypocrite. No, you're an idiot. That was the look I gave her. I didn't say that. But that, that is ridiculous. Let me know how that works for you the next time you get up in the morning and you don't got to go to work. Sorry, boss. Um, I'm just really tired. I don't feel like coming in. And if I do, I'll be a hypocrite. Let me know how that works out for you. Doesn't matter if you feel like being thankful. Be thankful. It's a choice. Um, in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, Paul said, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. You want to get out of God's will? Be unthankful. That is a heavy verse. 
in everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. When we are unthankful, we're out of God's will. God's will is for us to be thankful people in everything, in everything. That, that, that's a tough one. That is a big pill to swallow. But Paul says, I thank my God. And here's the thing. Being thankful has consequences. It creates or it, it puts results into our lives when we are thankful. Just like being unthankful creates things in our lives, when we are thankful, there are consequences. There are results from that. Notice the first one. Paul says, I thank my God, making mention of thee always in my prayers. Literally, these are happening at the same time. He's saying, I am thankful for these people, and his thankfulness is causing him to pray for these people. And here's my point. When you are truly thankful for somebody, you remember them. When you are truly thankful for somebody, they're on your mind. They're in your heart. You know, things remind you of them. Or, or whatever it is throughout the day, or somebody says something, or you see their phone, uh, you, you're going through your contacts, or maybe past calls, and you see their name, and you're like, oh, there's Bill. Oh, man, man, Bill's such a great guy. You remember them when you're thankful. You don't remember the people you're not thankful for. You don't. None of us do. Unless it's really sour, and maybe you're just really angry, and you get up the next morning, and you still want to wring their neck. Maybe then you do but we don't necessarily remember the people we really are not thankful for. Here, Paul says, I make mention of you always in my prayers. He prayed for these people. He prayed for these people. And you know, when we are thankful for somebody, it should cause us to pray for them. Our thankfulness for somebody should cause us to pray for them. You're thankful for your mom and dad. We got kids in here. We got teenagers in here. You're thankful for your mom and dad. Pray for your mom and dad. Your mom and dad need prayer. Number one, they have you. Number two, your parents aren't perfect. I'll be honest with you, parents, I tell your teenagers this often. Give your parents a break. Cut them some slack. Because I know you think you're perfect, but your parents aren't. And a lot of times as teenagers, that's the mindset. Man, if my parents didn't do this, and if my parents didn't do that, we want to gripe about stuff, which isn't being thankful, but we want to gripe about stuff because for some reason we expect our parents to be perfect, but they're not. They're not. Cut your parents some slack. Pray for your parents. Pray for your spouse. You thankful for your spouse? Do you tell your spouse thank you? Do you ever pray for your husband as he goes off to work in the morning? Do you ever pray for your wife as she goes off to work in the morning? If we can't pray for each other, are we thankful for each other? I would struggle to say yes. I would struggle to say that I'm truly thankful for you if I can't pray for you. Or I don't think to pray for you. Or you're not in my brain, you're not in my memories causing me to pray for you. Here, Paul's thankfulness caused him to pray for them. Not only did it cause him to pray for him, but notice verse 5. He says, hearing. What's interesting is this word hearing is taking place at the same time that he is praying or at the same time that he is thanking. It's happening at the same time. And here, here's my thought on this. When we are thankful for people, you know what we do? 
we pay attention. We pay attention. Another area where I struggle to pay attention. For example, I didn't even think about communion tonight. I should have thought about communion tonight. If you would have called me, I would have come set it up. But I didn't, I honestly, I did not even, I just, I didn't think about it. And I should have thought about it. But you know, when we are tuned into something and when we care about somebody and when somebody matters to us and when we're thankful for that person, you know what we do? Our ears are open. We hear when they say, oh, I need this, or hey, this needs to take place, or when, when, when they have some, a burden, or man, I need somebody to pray, we hear it. We pick up on it. It matters to us. It carries weight. Here, Paul is listening. Paul is hearing. I bet if you were in a group of people, and Paul was in that group, and somebody said, hey, Philemon, he'd be like, what about Philemon? If he heard, hey, the church at Colossae, he'd be like, hey, what's going on at the church at Colossae? Philemon's there. Hey, do you guys know if... Man, he would be he would be in tune to that name because it mattered to him because he was thankful for these people. So what is he what is he hearing? What did he hear? He says, "I hear of thy love and faith, which thou hast toward the Lord Jesus and toward all saints." What was their testimony? They were a faithful and loving church. Philemon was a faithful and loving man. He loved his Lord Jesus Christ. He was faithful to him. He trusted in him, but not just towards his Savior, but also to the saints. These are those saved, born-again people that were there in their church. And he loved those people. And he served those people. His faith was demonstrated to those people. It's interesting, if you go to the book of James, there you're going to find that James says, if you don't have works with your faith, your faith is dead. Because faith is active. Faith is active. If, if, if I had now, my nephew, Caleb here, has jumped out of an airplane. He has gone skydiving before. There is no way on earth I'm ever doing that. Not going to happen. But you know what? If I had a parachute, and I was walking around, I was like, yeah, I trust this parachute. Yeah, I believe this thing would get me back down to the ground safely. And you were like, well, hey, man, let's go try it out. Let's go jump out of an airplane. No, 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 man. I, I believe it. No, 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 no. I don't want to jump out of an airplane. Do I really trust that parachute? Have I really trusted that parachute until I'm willing to jump out of an airplane with it on my back? No. No. What's amazing is so many times as Christians, we think that we can say, yeah, I love God. Yeah, God matters to me. Yeah, God's important to me. But we don't have anything to back it up. We don't have any works to back it up. We don't have any service to back it up. There should be something that backs up when you say, yeah, I trust God. Yeah, I love God. Yeah, I believe in God. There should be something that backs that up. And these people, these people had something to back that up. And Paul says, I'm hearing about what you have going on. I'm hearing about your love and your service and your faith and the lives you're living, and how you love Christ, and what you're doing for him, and what's going on in that church. I'm hearing about it. You know why? Because it mattered to Paul. It mattered to Paul. When somebody matters to us, we're listening. We hear. 
when our spouse says, I need help with this, we hear it and we help. When our spouse says, hey, I'm struggling with this, we hear it, we help. When a friend says, hey, I got this going on, we hear it, we help. Why? Because we're listening. Why? Because we care. Because they matter. Because we're thankful for them. Thankfulness. Thankfulness. Being thankful will cause you to pray for people. It will cause you to pay attention to people. Being thankful for your kids. Even the good things and the bad things. Being thankful for that coworker that you'd like to push off the scaffolding. Seriously, have you ever actually stopped and taken 10 seconds and said, okay, Lord, help me find something to be thankful for about that person. Have you ever done something like that? Have you ever asked the Lord to help you with that? Sometimes we need that help. Lord, help me find something to be thankful for. Hopefully that's not your spouse. But it's a whole lot better than griping all the time or only finding the negative things and the horrible things. I guarantee you, if you find something to be thankful for, it'll change your perspective about that person. Guarantee you. Guarantee you. But, so Paul says, I thank my God, making mention of you always in my prayers, hearing of thy love and faith. But notice he says, making mention of you always in my prayers. What did Paul pray? Well, that's in verse 6. What did Paul pray? Notice what he prayed. That. That word that is a purpose word. It's showing purpose. This is the purpose of Paul's prayer. What did Paul want to accomplish with his prayer? What did he want to do? That the communication of thy faith may become effectual or effective by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. You know what Paul prayed? Paul prayed that these Christians would live effective Christian lives. In every area. In every area. He wanted them to be effective witnesses. He wanted them to be effective families. He wanted them to be effective church members and fellow Christians. He wanted them to be effective in their Christian life. How many of you want to be effective people? Anybody in here want to be effective? Work, life, home, spouse, raising your kids, whatever it is. You want to be effective? I like being effective. That's why I hate fishing, because I'm not effective. I'm not. I told, I told the guys yesterday morning at, at prayer breakfast, when I go fishing, I feel like I'm walking around in a dark room. And I'm just feeling around trying to find something. I don't know what I'm looking for. I don't know what I'm going to find. I don't know if it's going to bite me. I don't know what's going to happen. But I'm looking around for something, and I can't find it. And that's how I feel when I go fishing. I feel like it's like eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Put this lure on there. Zing! Reel it in. Zing! Reel it in. Zing! And that was hard. Okay, eeny, meeny, pick this one. Zing! That's all I do. I'm just casting. I'm just, I'm just playing in the water, really. I'm just throwing stuff out there and pulling it back in. That's how I feel. And it drives me crazy. It does. Or, you know, it's like, oh, man, just, just put some weight on it, put a worm on the hook, and just set it out there and wait for something to bite it. And I wait, and I wait, and I wait. It does. It just drives me nuts. It kills me. And I know people find it relaxing. I do not find it relaxing. It drives me nuts. Effective. We like to be effective. Paul says, I pray that the communication of thy faith may be effectual, effective. 
Now, okay, Paul, here's the question. How is the communication of my faith going to be effective? How can I be an effective Christian? He tells them, by. This is the means. This is the ability. This is how it happens. By the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you. Did you know that there is good in you? Did you know that you are good? No, you're not. Sorry, I was being facetious. Notice the rest of the verse, which is in you in Christ Jesus. The reality is Romans chapter 3, 10 tells us, like pastor said this morning, there is none righteous. What's really interesting is if you read Romans 3, we're pretty horrible people. I mean, humanity is awful. In verse 12 of Romans chapter 3, it says, there is none that doeth good. None. The reality is that within me, there is no good thing. But through salvation and because of Jesus Christ and because of what he has done, now in me is something good. In me. Christ has created something good in me, and now I am capable of that good. Now I am capable of living that Christian life. Now I am capable of communicating my faith. And he says, but here's the thing. We have to acknowledge every good thing. Listen, when you are thankful to somebody, you acknowledge something you're thankful for. You don't just say, thank you. Do you? Is that what you always say? Hey, thanks. Thank you. Thank you. No, usually you say, hey, thank you for making dinner. Hey, thank you for buying me that. Hey, thank you for doing that for me. Hey, thanks for, whatever it is. Usually it's a specific thank you. Here, Paul tells these believers, for your faith to be communicated effectively, you need to acknowledge every good thing that's in you in Christ Jesus. As a Christian, whether you're a teenager, you're a child, you're an adult, you're a grandparent, you're old, whatever it is, you need to be able to acknowledge the things Christ has done for you to be effective. You need to be thankful for what Christ has done for you. What are you thankful for? I know we give testimonies each week, and we give testimonies about different things, but what are you thankful for? What has Christ done for you? What has Christ put in you? What has, what has Christ accomplished in your life that you're thankful for? And you know what that does? Creates a genuineness. It creates genuineness. When we are thankful for what Christ has done for us, it allows us to genuinely communicate or demonstrate our faith. How many of you like salesmen or telemarketers or anything? I realize, yeah, well, you're kind of naturally born that way. But anyway, I am not a salesman. I couldn't sell ice to Eskimos. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't sell anything. Okay, I mean, I can't, I'm just not a salesman. When I walk into a pawn shop, they're like, yeah, no. I mean, I, I, I'm just not a salesman. And um, that's just, I, I just am not. 
Have you ever asked a salesman if they've actually used the product? Or do you ever listen to a salesperson or have that telemarketer call and it just feels like they really don't care or they really have no idea, they're just trying to sell you a product? Do you ever feel that way? You don't want somebody to feel that way when you're talking about God, do you? You don't want somebody to feel that way when you're talking about your faith, do you? No. The way you communicate that effectively and genuinely is through being thankful to God first. And when you start to realize the things God has done for you and the things God has put inside you and what God has done for you in your spiritual and Christian life, then as you become more and more thankful for those things, it's just naturally expressed. It's just out there because you're thankful, because you're thankful. Paul's prayer was that they would be effective, that they would be effective. Not only that, but then the last verse, number seven, he says, for we have great joy and consolation in thy love because the bowels of the saints are refreshed by thee, brother. Now, we see that word bowels a lot in, in, in the Bible, and it, it could easily become a kind of a gross word, but when you see the word bowels, the majority of the time in the Bible, it is referring to the inner man. It is referring to the very deepest part of our being where our emotions and everything that we are sits. And what Paul is saying here is, we have great joy and consolation in thy love because the bowels of the saints are refreshed. In other words, these people weren't just dealing with surface issues with, with the people that they came into contact with. No, they were going deeper. And they were, they were, they were refreshing people in a spiritual and emotional way that nobody else could do. They were doing something that nobody else could do. And they were providing a refreshment. It's kind of like when you come to church on Sunday morning, when you haven't been here for two months. And it is amazing, honestly, how we get complacent and how we get used to things. And it's just, yeah, we go to church on Sunday. We all do that. We all struggle with that. We have to be very careful about that. But I'm telling you, just the singing and the listening to the fellowship in this building the last two or three Sundays is mind-blowing. You know why? Because you didn't have it. And the unfortunate reality as human beings is this. Most of the time, we don't realize what we have until it's gone. And that is a horrible reality. But many times, we fail to realize what we have until it's gone. And we didn't have church for two months. We sat in a parking lot or you sat at home in your pajamas or whatever you did and you weren't here and you didn't see people and you didn't get to talk to people. And the second you did, it was like, you're like little puppy dogs just getting all excited. And you know what it was? It was refreshing. It was refreshing. And that's what these believers were doing for the saints. I personally believe verse 7 is a personal testimony by the Apostle Paul. 
I think Philemon and this church refreshed Paul. And when in verse 7, the joy and the consolation of their love was a personal experience that he had, that he was thankful for, because they were refreshing to him. They were refreshing to him. Being thankful. Gratitude. I made up my mind this morning that I'm going to start writing down things I'm thankful for. I'm just going to take a little, just a little notebook. And I'm just going to start writing down things I'm thankful for to help myself become a more thankful person. But at the same time, we need to express our thanks. It's not enough just to be thankful. You need to say that you are thankful. It needs to be said. It needs to be expressed. And unfortunately, many times, I think when it comes to the idea of thankful or giving a testimony at church, um, sometimes we think it needs to be this this great, out-of-body experience, mind-blowing testimony thing I'm thankful for. Start small. Start small. I love chocolate chip cookies. And I really love my wife's chocolate chip cookies. And so you know what? I'm thankful for flour. And I'm really thankful for butter. And I'm thankful for sugar, because I don't want just flour in my cookies. I love vanilla. When she puts a little extra vanilla, I don't know what it is, but I just love a little extra vanilla. It's good. I love the eggs that go in there. You see, many times we just say, I'm thankful for my mom and my dad. Why? Let's break that down. What are you thankful for? What is it about them that makes you thankful? What is it about your spouse? What about your boss, your coworkers, your job, your God? What are you actually thankful for? Don't throw out just some generic term. Yeah, I'm thankful for my spouse. Okay, I'm going to go on about my day. Why? Why? Try to get as small as you can on what you're thankful for. Try to break it down into the things that you're actually thankful for instead of just these generic ideas that we tend to toss around a lot of times. I am honestly thankful for this church and for these people, our people, and being a part of this place. I love, some of you, it, some of you give, sometimes you give the simplest testimonies. Sometimes it's, sometimes it's the most simple thing that you say you're thankful for, and man, it makes me giggle. It really does. I, I love that kind of thing. I love that kind of thing. Kids, learn to be thankful. Learn to be thankful for the socks, the shoes that your parents put on your feet. Learn to be thankful for the house you live in, for the food is, that is prepared for you that you get to eat, the groceries that are bought for you, the time that is invested in you. Be grateful. Be grateful. Father, thank you so much for your love and your goodness to us. And Lord, there's so many ways you're good. Thank you that we could be here tonight in spite of the wind and everything else. And 
Lord, Lord, I just thank you that we can meet together again and be here. Lord, I, I pray you'd help me to be a more thankful person. And Lord, I pray that we would be known as grateful people, even in the most ridiculous circumstances. May we turn people's heads when we say thank you. And Lord, I just pray that we would just be thankful people. In Jesus' name, amen. You're dismissed.